0: The way they call that the organization that basically he he's he's the head of, um, you know, all the municipalities talking about guns and and what to do, and you know we'll talk about the balance between harsher punishments and restorative justice and and those types of issues, but right now uh, Professor Matthew Schmidt joining us here on Brian and Company on WTSU, Professor Schmidt, how are you?
1: I'm doing all right. Just passed through the checkpoint to go into Keene City.
0: Get out! You're no straight i'm in the car so watch out for car noise but yeah that's where i'm at wow what brings you over there right now
1: uh i am meeting with some government officials with a group here uh, that has a project for reconstruction uh, we're getting ready for uh ukrainians to win and to rebuild the country
0: wow and so when did you arrive in country
1: uh we were here last weekend i think we got in i don't know sunday monday
0: so, what was the degree of surprise and the reception and everything surrounding President Biden there yesterday
1: people uh, were really surprised. I have a friend who's a journalist, and he texted me and said i'm stuck in traffic i've never seen it like this before." and he said, "I wonder if Biden's coming because they've been speculating on it you know for for a while for a year or, or more really and then uh, you know and then we got the confirmation of it later and it was uh, it was pretty amazing i mean it's hard to underestimate how important this was symbolically for the country. Uh, It was really sort of uh, a recognition of victory already, right? A victory of of being a full member in the West of sharing in those values and those institutions and and just knowing that as they head into what will be a difficult offensive in the, in the next few weeks, uh, that they've got the full support of the leader of the West, the United States, the president of the United States, which here in wartime,
0: Well, then you have the situation where Putin's speaking this morning. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of it, and if if so, impressions.
1: Yeah, um, well, I'll take it from from the Ukrainian side again. Most people weren't paying attention. It's sort of the same old, same old, um, you know, as as he goes along, right, blaming the West, uh, saying that Ukraine is full of Nazis, uh, and that, you know, Russia is here to defend the Ukrainian people from, Uh, from their leaders who have been uh, sucked into the Western vortex of, you know, gay rights and, and a gender neutral God and, and these sorts of things. Um, And, uh, you know, there wasn't much surprise in there.
0: So we're talking with Professor Matthew Smith, who happens to be in Ukraine as we speak, uh, heading into Kyiv. And, you know, you talk to, you, you, I hear a sense optimism. Maybe it's because you're on the ground there and maybe it's based on what you see, but we talk, and hear about whether it's a spring offensive or a spring counteroffensive, whether it's started or not started. Uh, we do stories every day about what's being sent or being promised to go over there. And, and, and if, if the thesis of being, you know, all these contributions just do one thing and help keep the war going, you know, what, what, would change, what has changed that thesis or what would change that thesis?
1: What would change the thesis to, to not keep the war going? No, I like as,
0: opposed to, as opposed to someone winning.
1: Ah, well, you know what? It's going to be a tough fight. You can't underestimate the Russians. In any case, here, right? They have mass. They have a lot of uh, people, uh, even if poorly trained, and they have a lot of equipment and a uh, uh, you know a lot of ammunition. In any case, and they're dug in, right? They're on the defensive, which gives them an advantage right away. But the Ukrainians are getting uh, new equipment. They're getting more of it. They're getting better air defense coming into Kiev here. So the air raid sirens, um, you know, will, will signal that. There's less to be afraid of because you have, uh, you know, these counter-air raid, uh, these, these counter-missile defenses out there. Um, but the biggest thing is that the Ukrainians have been training for the last several months on combined arms maneuver, on being able to, to use large uh, units in a 500- or 1,000-person size and combine the, the fires of armor and infantry and, you know, drones and artillery in a way that western militaries do right what makes the united states so powerful is not that it has more people or more weapons it has better weapons and more capable people and they're able to do this thing this combined arms maneuver and and get around things on the battlefield and you're going to see the ukrainians bring that to bear against a russian force that hasn't seen it yet up to now it's basically been an artillery duel uh, sort of sort of uh, straight on front on front and that's going to change
0: well, where are we on the war of attrition? Whether it's you know, I mean, obviously Russia is trying to l- literally destroy the country, but in terms of w- Russia has more numbers and and trying to just sort of grind the manpower, the ability to have enough people to fight. Is there are there enough numbers on the Ukraine side?
1: Sure, no one is running out of fighters. The war of attrition is about psychology. It's about, in the case of Ukraine, stacking up enough. Uh, Russian to the door of the Kremlin to finally start to force, uh, you know, the potential for political change, to, to send enough to be, to be, I, I'm sorry, gross about it, but to send enough body bags home to Russia that Russian families will start demanding some kind of change. And you've seen enormous numbers, right? The last numbers out uh, are estimated at, at something like 100,000 casualties uh, on the Russian side and almost an equal number on the Ukrainian side. These are staggering amounts. Um, but they're going to go higher, and unfortunately, that's the strategy of the war, is to put more of those bodies, uh, you know, back into Russia so that the—
0: We lose them? Bummer. He's like in Kiev, Professor Schmidt, if you can hear us, maybe—you yeah, you, know, you want to try to call him back, Matt? You could just, yeah, dump it and call him back. I mean, uh, Professor Matthew Schmidt at the University of New Haven— who is our guy when it comes to this conflict, is in Ukraine now. I didn't know that. Did you know that, Matt? I didn't know. And and uh, obviously we're dealing with uh, thousands of miles in between us, and he's back here, Professor Matthew Schmidt from the University of New Haven. Do you want to finish that thought? Uh, where was I, when I I got cut off? <laughs> I don't know. It was about you were going on the advanced stage of the point about the war of attrition and, and, and things Yeah, like yeah. That
1: yeah just that the, the 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 attrition is designed to create a psychological effect on the other side. Nobody's running out of people who can fight uh anytime soon, but what the ukrainians are trying to do is is frankly stack up more bodies in Russia uh, at the door of the Kremlin so that there is some political pressure to change policy right to stop and to negotiate
0: yeah that's the thing of, with me there's two two sides of it one is this sort of public sentiment thing in Russia, which doesn't seem to crack because he finds a way to get them all nationalistic and ex- excited about something and, and hiding the fact of those 100,000 plus casualties, but also the Russian economy. You know, we we have like, you know, Jeffrey Sonnenfeld, who I communicate a fair amount with Yale School of Management, you know, thinks that the, the Russian economy is crippled. But, you know, yet it, it, I don't necessarily see... It it collapsing or anything like that. But I mean, what's the breaking point for the Russian economy and and the sentiment?
1: The truth is nobody knows. There uh, there's an enormous a enormous number of ways that you can substitute things that are being kept out of Russia. So you can use domestic products. You can bring in you know Iranian products and things like that that are, that aren't getting there because of sanctions. Putin spent a lot of time in the speech today talking about you know, how the, the, how the Russian economy is doing well, in some cases how it's doing better than it was before the war. Um, this isn't necessarily true, and I think the, the amount of time that he spent talking about it is indicative of the opposite, that he's feeling the pinch in the economy and that it's about to get worse. But the thing with, with economies is that there's lag time. So even though we haven't seen a lot of pressure on the economy yet, that doesn't mean that it won't suddenly start to bite. In the next few weeks and months.
0: Well, be safe, Professor. We really appreciate the time. Maybe when are you coming back?
1: I will be back the twenty eighth. Uh,
0: maybe I mean we can hopefully connect uh, sometime after you get back to talk more about it. I had no idea you were in country, and uh, just be safe and 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 good luck.
1: All right, I'll talk to you soon.
0: All right, thank you so much, Professor Matthew Smith from the University of New Haven. He's he's there.